Welcome to the Johnny Cassell Show. This is your number one resource for dating and lifestyle advice. All right, guys. So welcome back uh, to another one of these live streams. Uh, today, we've got a very special guest, uh, dear friend of mine, Emma Sale. Um, she's the founder of Killing Kittens, uh, sister app, a uh, charity venture called Sisterhood, and author of Behind the Mask. Now, I've been a friend of Emma now for around five to six years, and in that time, I've had the, jo I've had the joy of learning the many different sides to her. And um, what can I tell you about it? What have I learned? I mean, she's an extraordinary leader, uh, a fantastic entrepreneur, a uh, PR genius, and a very... A person that seems to have the whole work life family growth thing sorted out, which I can't get my head around. Um, as her business is constantly growing, uh, her family is growing. Um, so, but what we what we know of Emma, what she's most famous for, is the brand uh, Killing Kittens. So, for a lot of people that want to understand a little bit more about what Killing Kittens is, um, the parties, how it come into fruition, and where it is now. Uh, stay tuned because you're going to get all of the answers there. I'm also going to dive a little bit more into the business side of things because right now I feel that there's a lot of uncertainty in the air. And if you really get your mind in the right place, it might actually be a fantastic opportunity to get yourself off the mat and actually develop and grow something right now. So I really, you know, I'm, I'm, when I'm coaching, I'm always encouraging people to be more solution-based thinkers. And that's why I like speaking and working with entrepreneurs because they have that sort of mindset, right? So without further ado, I'll just see if I can uh, find her in a list. Where are you, Emma? Let's, uh, let's, let's have a look. Hi. <laughs> how are you i'm all right how are you how's the madhouse it's got fucking chaos if i showed you the uh, look can you just see the ball pit that i'm like trying to <laughs> the, the, the sea, the oh my sea God. Of balls. <laughs> it's a feral so I, was just I was just mentioning there i mean you know all of the achievements that you you've had over the years um you know like the business has grown your family's grown um you know, I mean, it's it's phenomenal the things you've done, even like the the charity stuff. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, Sisterhood, which is your charity organization that rage, um, raises money through sporting activities. I say sporting activities. I mean, that's to put it lightly, really, because you know what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I've seen you. Oh God, I haven't pressed record on this yet. Um, what I've seen you do. Um, you know, it's. It's incredible. I think the last time we spoke, you had ran from Vegas to LA. Yeah, we were meant we were meant to be doing it again just for shits and giggles about a month ago at the um, yeah. end of March, but that's um, we're, it's been postponed till October. So yeah, we're still doing it, and uh, I think the party's going to be way bigger this time. <laughs> I bet. Well, what sort yeah. of charities have you have you worked with in the past? Um, we have. It's mainly been. Anyone, anyone's to do with women and children. So when we started, it was Babes in Arms, which was a specific sort of stillbirth, cot death, miscarriage. Yes, um, I remember that. Yeah, charity. Um, and we've done. I um, we've done Royal Marsden, um, Royal Marsden Hospital. Um, what else? Nepal. Last year, Nepal Youth Foundation. 
Um, we've done Refuge, um, Sick Children's Trust. Um, yeah, so kind of a hummingbird um, initiative. So every every year, it just it sort of sometimes we keep the same, or we might add a few. Because we often do lots of little ones sometimes. So because with little ones, it's sort of a very they're very small setups, and actually, you know, a grand it means goes a, lot a long way. And yeah. goes a hell of a way. Whereas you know, a grand to a massive a, a charity big organization doesn't yeah. sort of pissing in an ocean uh, who have lots of fees and staff costs, and so actually, it's sometimes it's nice to give a little bit to a little charity, and you can see exactly what where it's going. Yes, uh, and what it's being for, rather than just you know, kind of being just another, yeah, where you're not quite sure what's where the money's going to and stuff. So, agree, yeah. I agree. Okay, well, let's let's get into um, you know, what people I think really want to know is about you know the Killing Kittens brand. I know this story for you has been done to death, you know, <laughs> on how it all get Sorry. got started. This subject. so let's talk a little bit about that you know from what I know about the story I I recall when you told me that you know I think you were in Ibiza at the time and like there was some sort of activity going on out there um and it kind of gave you that aha moment of why don't I just do this do you want to tell us a little Um, bit about that yeah so it um it was yeah it was a three-day wedding in Ibiza with no sleep um and a very sort of it was kind of a bit of a well-known posse who had very strong females sexually in that group. Very empowered um, women. Yeah, who were all kind of at it, left, right, centre. Um, and the wedding was the same. And it's sort of, um, and based on like day three of no sleep and someone phoned in who couldn't make the wedding and said, um, are you guys just all sat around killing kittens at the moment? So I was like, Eureka. <laughs> um and the thing is, the idea, I think the idea had been coming for years that it just, and the anger in me, um, that it was just a very unbalanced society. And it was, I was always very much, I was a bit of a tomboy and kind of, you know, I started playing the trombone at school, at school when I was eight at an all girls prep school because okay. no one else played the trombone. And, you know, if boys could play the trombone, then I was going to play the trombone. And so it was kind of, there was always this thing in me that was like, well, if they can do it, why can't we do it? Um, and then I grew up in the Middle East as well. So that kind of just highlighted the kind of double standards um, of, you know, sort of women know your place. Women are oppressed. Yeah. So it kind of, it was just, it was always bubbling and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was sort of that time when Sex and the City came out and, and Summers was on the high street and Layla, the sex toys went into Selfridges and, they were kind of the media was sort of talking about um, this, you know, female sexual revolution going on and which was fine, but it just wasn't happening. And it was yeah. still very much sort of if a girl had a one night stand, you were a slut. And, yeah. and, you know, really intelligent males going, they're not girlfriend material. And when you went, well, why aren't they girlfriend material? It, the standard response was because they've slept with loads of guys. And you just think, you know, how is that not girlfriend material? It's, it, yeah, was sort of, sounds, it was yeah. kind of, I was, it was just pissing me off more yeah. and more. And then, yeah, and then just seeing these women in this group who, and I'd, you know, hung around with them for years and just owning their sexuality and also the men just seeing them as equals and not judging them. Um, yeah, it was sort of that moment of, yeah, no sleep, booze, shit-faced, um, three days. And, and yeah, the Killing Kittens 
name came up and we had this conversation that, you know, every time you masturbate, God kills a kitten. I say, you know, as if everyone knows that that's what it stands for. Um, so it was, and I just went, right, I love the killing, then that name, Killing Kittens. And from day one, it was KK. Um, yeah. And K is a very powerful letter. And, um, and it just sort of, yeah, grew from there. It was sort of, right, I want, that's what I'm doing. And I want to create a safe space online and offline that women own it's very much like women in control of their sexuality and not being judged and but with men always included I just it was always it was never a man bashing then yeah. it was it was always you know we just being just women, let's women play first. nicely together type yeah. of thing but let us just you know not feel like we're being told what to do and you know which was very much a sort of which way- is also depicted in like sort of westernized pornography yeah. yeah, I think that's kind of the brainwash, the the, the conditioning it has on us. Yeah, and definitely. So, so what was like that like then, from from thought process to the actual initial inception of putting like the first event together? I mean, how? I mean, how did that look like? Um, to be honest, it's the the venue we use. We still we use we still use once a month at the moment. It's very sentimental to me that venue. Um, yeah. and that was it, at the mansion parties. No hedonism. So where the hedonism uh, parties are in Covent Garden. Ah, okay. Yeah, the wet yeah. and wild one. Um, and I've been doing the PR for venues and entertainment PR, and it was clients that owned all these venues. And I said, "This is what I'm doing." And they sort of, they were guys in their sixties who just sort of looked at me and went, "Okay, well, if you want a venue to use a venue, then just you know use one of ours just to be safe." They just wanted to keep me safe from my little yeah. idea that I had. Um, and um. Because I kind of I knew all these people in in this world, and I'd been doing the PR for like the erotica show, um, so I kind of had got to know in a lot in the two years before, sort of lots of weird and wonderful, amazing people within the adult world, and just you know very sex positive women as well um, in all these different businesses and things, and out and about that I, it was more kind of just putting it out there. And I mean, the first party had about forty five, fifty people. So right. um, that's, that's the beauty of the event. It kind of, you can have an amazing party with 30 people. It's not, it, yeah, it's not of not, you're not launching a club night where you need 500 people in the room for it to work. <laughs> and and did, it, did it, did that initial one take a while to get started? I mean. No. Because <laughs> 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 no, the, the initial one was very much, I mean, it was 15 years ago. And the initial yeah, one, was, wow. it was very much people kind of who, were very much in control of their sexuality anyway and really didn't care. So yeah. it's sort of, it, as it's grown and sort of word of mouth and Daily Mail, thank you, um, yeah. have sort of come into play. What you now get, and even even all the events we do now, you get a good 30, 40% of the people coming along who's who are first-timers, who are sort of, maybe they've read about it or maybe they've heard about it and they've looked it up and thought, oh, that looks, that looks fun, or groups of girls going, let's go along for a laugh. Um, so it's sort of now you get, you, you know, that you get much more of a kind of, ooh, you know, wondering that kind of bit of a manila. They're just sort of tiptoeing into this world that they have no idea what's going to happen. It's <laughs> cute. <Yeah. laughs> <It's> crazy. <laughs> and, and so what is the, um, you know, what's the normal, vet, like for people that are interested in it, what's the kind of vetting process for these parties? Um, to be honest, we've got the, the big, I mean, now what's crazy is that, given that I'm a really offline person, um, yeah. the, we're now a tech business. 
on paper. Um, and the online side of it is very much it's its own it's its own beast. Um, and yeah. anyone can join can join the website. Um, it's sort of Bumble meets Facebook on that side of things. Um, yeah. And we've got a whole new platform launching in the next two three weeks, which is like which is awesome. Of course, I'm going to okay. say that. Um, but it, um, so that's all launching in the next couple of weeks. It got tested last week. But you could join. You join that. Anyone can join the site, and um, that then gives you the option. You know, you can search, you can browse other members, you can join in the chats and the um, and the group chats. Um, and it's really got- great that you've like you've, you've grown a community online. I mean, it gives people a sense of comfort and familiarity before yeah. they actually end up going to the party. Exactly, and to be honest, it kind of when you look at the the stat it's such a small you know we get probably a thousand people attending any event in the yeah. whole month in a, in a month and that's events all around the world that includes sydney new york the london ones manchester you so say it's a thousand people in total maximum you get but we've got one hundred sixty thousand members online so the events you know not many people not many of our 160, members actually come to an event so actually, it's sort of I call the the part they're like the real tip of the iceberg that people know it for, and this iceberg's just kind of risen out the water, and people still know it for like the very the pointy bit at the top, like yeah, Everest, <laughs> but the rest yeah of yeah 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 this whole kind of yeah. Online. And I think that is, is that and that's why I think you started to introduce like different events also, right? Like um, there was uh, Curious Kittens, which was a brand that you created, which was designed for that sort of. Uh, platform of people to kind of you know dip their foot in the water get familiar with the yeah you know the sort of community and then you know talk to someone maybe that had been and then maybe then they would eventually go um so uh let me go into more party questions here uh we talked a little bit about the protocol which i think is important um you know, I know I've, I've been to a few parties. I know what the crack is. You know, it's the women that approach uh, men first. Is, is there any, have you had experience of any guys breaking those rules? Um, you do get the odd overexcited male. <laughs> um, the, but, but you know what, you get, the, you, get, you get some females who go into freaking predatory mode as well. Who you have to go. So it kind of, um, I honestly, if a, I've always said that when a, a female cracking onto you is way scarier than a man cracking onto you because fucking hell, they're like, yeah. <laughs> um, and because they, yeah, we, I mean, we do get the odd, you get the odd one or two, but yeah, the members are actually, members are really good at kind of self policing and saying, huh, my mum's just joined the chat. Hi, mum. Uh, <laughs> are you bored? You got your gin and tonic? Um, and, so you get you get um um the you get the odd person, but we've got we've got members and they'll complain or they'll just say, Oh, there's you know, there's a guy in that room who's just getting a bit handsy or um but we also have community kittens that um wander around and we have men stop swearing. Get off the chat, woman. <laughs> um and you have so we have our own staff that will wander around and everyone's wearing the same dress, so you kind of you know. They're the sort of go-to if that is a problem. Um, yeah. But you don't really, given that every man in in an event will be there because they've come with a female. You're yes. not going to get men or single men on their own who are out. So that, that's out. important to stress as well, isn't it? It's it's yeah. apart from your single nights, which which you have. You, it's you come as a single lady or you come as a couple. 
Yeah, exactly. So every man that comes along has to be accompanied by a woman. And the main rule, and we have the same rule on the website as well, um, is that men have to wait to be approached. So it's the women that make the first move. Um, in the same way online, it's, you know, it's the women that start the messaging. You can, I think you can like, um, a bit like poking on Facebook, you can there. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, then it's up to the women to accept it and then engage in chatting. It's sort of, we have the same, you know, it's, it's the main rule and the only rule, really, the big rule that we've had since day one. And it kind of goes across all the events. Yeah, it's the main um, ethos of the, the whole yeah. brand, isn't it, really? And <laughs> you, you recently held a, uh, like an online sex party on, on I don't know what platform you use for that, but I mean, how, how, how did that work out? How did that go? Um, they're every weekend, Johnny. There's like yeah. sold out every weekend at the moment. Wow. <laughs> People what is it? Bored. Just like a really horny, like, Zoom uh It's just cool. a massive webcam, like, just, uh, yeah, a mass. Um, but <laughs> no, so Zoom, we've been, we've been using Zoom, um, hasn't everyone? Um, I'm getting yeah. a bit bored of Zoom, to be honest. Um, and um, so we've been using that, and we, we cap the screens at 50. So it's sort of 50 households, but whether that's, a group of girls who live together or a girl on her own or a couple. Um, so it's kind of up to a hundred people. And we do 50 because you can, you know, you have 25 screens on one page on yeah. Zoom. So it's quite easy to then um, control. And it, um, it's a bit of a theatrical performance because obviously I had Hadley who you've met, um, who's our yeah. tech um, guru, Ninja. Uh, um, yeah. He sort of controls it. So he'll, pin screens to the front like the ones that are getting busy quite quickly and mute all the other screens so that only their screen you can hear um and he'll yeah so he kind of chops and changes that um the girls are there the event girls you know Paul Hadley he's seen everything here and Tash and Camilla are doing icebreaker games um and then we have performances sorry the KK Cabaret some of the KK Cabaret performers will sort of pop up doing yeah doing apps from their garden um and wow okay yeah so they get pinned to the front so that becomes the whole screen that you're listening to and seeing and then it goes back and it's 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 two hours and they're called house parties and they're every weekend um yeah. and then we've done um so we've just launched them in new our new york and australia ones as well but i mean what's great is it the thing with virtual and our workshops have gone virtual as well so i think we're doing a couple of week of them now is that actually you can be anywhere in the world and join in and it's and great sydney, isn't it i mean you know with sydney you're very much on australian time normally and it's sort of that logistics of being in a certain place at, to be able to go to that event you know for sydney you get you get english people that couples that are just going with kidless obviously because you wouldn't be doing it if you had kids who just decide to join in at breakfast um <laughs> so yeah. they yeah it's timing is our breakfast you know it kind of it's it, the virtual side. It's getting it's actually got loads of members from all over the world, all in the same place at the same time, um, and a lot of new people who have said that they have never they've been members for years, but they've never been brave enough to come to an actual event. So they saw it and thought, oh, you know, twenty quid, got it. We'll just you know well, let's just see what it's like. And so on, and on, on that note, I mean, it's I think what's really interesting in this time we're living in right now is you know we've all been pushed towards the virtual direction and um for you uh, you know as as a business what do you think do you think like do you think that is something that you guys will, will stick stick with like we, yeah definitely 
definitely. Mm. So we were, what's great is we've, we've been moving a lot of the educational stuff virtual anyway. And we'd started last year saying, and pushing it all and starting to film a lot of our experts doing workshops and doing online sort of educational videos that we could bring into this new platform we're launching. So the plan was to move pretty much all the educational side of our business into into the virtual space so that we weren't having to do physical workshops um, offline, which requires, you know, you've done some for us and some talks. And the thing with that, it's great, but it's you're trying to get 30 40 people in one place and it cost the costs are high so oh. most of the time you end up losing money um whereas a virtual one you could get 100 people in from all over the world into that workshop get way more exposure um yeah. and it doesn't cost you anything to run Not it having to deal with the venue any video. problems in the venue like yeah exactly so we were we were pushing to move all that online anyway um so we already had that in place so it's been very is we've been lucky in that we've got the platform um, and we're able to quickly move on that to turn all the workshops into the virtual side of things um and the house parties we we based after the first one it was very obvious because there were a lot of people saying that they'd never been brave enough to come to an actual one and that's why they were coming to that one as a stepping stone, it was very obvious from week one of doing them that we would be keeping them going yeah. because they're just another sort of stepping stone into the KK world. And again, they don't cost anything to do and it's two hours. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's, it's interesting because everyone I spoke to about this, you know, I've asked a few people about this, sort of, <clears> you know, what infrastructure are you keeping? Um, it's all kind of stuff that you had in mind anyway, but because of the situation we're living in, it's just helped you accelerate. <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. Place. So we'd, I mean, we've been talking about virtual, the virtual stuff for, you know, nearly two years of building this new platform. And, and, you know, speaking to experts, but you speak to one and then a week later, you still kind of go, oh, well, we need to get back to them. We've got to work out what workshops they're going to do and when it's going to be filmed and months go by. And suddenly it's sort of right now in a week, two months worth of virtual workshops booked in and, the, you know, testing the screens. To, so it's sort of, yeah, it's just and in the same way from we had an event in February in Venice and it was the end of the Venice Carnival. So when it was when it shut down mm-hmm. and we came back from there and day one back in the office, we were, you know, we went, this is going to get real and this, you know, we are going to be affected. So we need to start now. So it was a month before lockdown. Um, we said and we just, you know, and Hadley went into um, you know, back massively and all that and got the tech lot and just said, you're gonna have to work. 24/7 over weekend to turn this the our new platform around earlier and launch it two months earlier than planned because this is we were going to have this massive gaping black hole yeah. in revenue from yeah. the event stopping and that you know there's no filling that hole to be honest we're kind of pissing in the ocean <laughs> with the virtual events yeah. on that side but it you know so everyone sort of pivoted massively into into the digital world and luckily luckily you know we are very fortunate in that we a massive part of our business is digital and mm. the online tech part of it and actually we have more of me have more tech digital employees than we do offline events people um so yeah and as i said we we are a tech business really so yeah. um we're very fortunate that we do have that sort of buffer what um, advice you got for people that uh you know maybe they're in a couple maybe they're in a relationship 
and they're looking to, you know, they're looking at the KK brand as something to maybe sort of spice up their, their relationship. I mean, you know, there's a lot of uncertainties and apprehension there, perhaps. What, what sort of advice would you kind of give them? Um, I've been saying, to be honest, in, in, in lockdown, whether you're a single or a couple, it's sort of, well, as a couple, it's kind of immersive therapy, really. <laughs> you can't, you can't have an argument and just run away and go, right, that's it. I'm going to the pub and, you know, go and stay at a mate's house. It's sort of, you've got to deal with it face to face. Um, and, and use this time. And also a lot of people are, you know, are furloughed, um, or, and, or just, you know, working from home, but sort of not at full capacity. Um, and you've got time because you're going nowhere and use it to just look at each other remember what each other looks like again remember what it you know feels like to actually communicate with each other the way you did when you first met before life came in at a thousand miles per hour and made you kind of ships passing in the night um and actually just being open and honest and you know everyone has sort of thoughts and fantasies and and you know dreams or going oh I thought about this and people can spend years thinking oh you know I don't want to discuss it with my other half because he might think I'm a complete twisted pervert um, yeah. and um so it never gets discussed or they don't discuss it with someone else and then yeah exactly you can't go to the, yeah you can't go to the pub with your mates and just let loose and, and then get home and pretend to be this angelic creature anymore it's sort of just use it to use this time to just experiment and get to know each other and just you know put like getting a jar we're doing it with the kids of like putting in the jar when you when they come out of this like what do they want to do where do they want to go like a, and like a bucket with, list sort of thing. like a bucket list but you yeah, can do it with each other good. on well you can do it on date nights put in like you know where you want to go on a date but also you can do one like one of like the thoughts and what you want to try and role yeah. play or and just pull one out each day and go sod it let's just you know let's just I give love it that. a go i'll write that one down and, there's, and you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of online workshops and things you know that you can do. And just, and given that you're not out every night or you haven't got a work function, just go well one, once a week. You find one this week. I'll find one next week. And let's just attend these weird and wonderful workshops that you know to do with sexuality and relationships and um yeah. and and just and just have a laugh. That's the thing. You're not spending it down the pub. So spend it on a tenner. <laughs> or a free workshop webinar that's going on just yeah, yeah. but what about the actual um you know when we're out of this the actual parties themselves you know at the venues you know say that a, um that a couple went to them for the first time obviously the communication thing is it just has to be there you have to heighten your level of communication otherwise that's when you're saying really bad's going to happen um you know a couple walking into a venue like that and it's all kicking off for the first time um what's the advice for that for that, I would say if it's your a really communicate before you go and have you have you've got to have ground rules and boundaries yes. and you've really got to be in sync with each other. You can't not have a conversation and turn up and then one of you launches in and the other one gets upset because you've never had a conversation, you know, in the first place. Yeah. And and I said, look, just be more cautious the first time and say, right, let's go along, let's have some drinks. Let's go to the pre-drinks beforehand, which a lot of members meet up beforehand. There's this like pre-group chat group, pre-party chat group that goes on and then they have pre-drinks. Go to that. Let's meet people there. See what all these crazy people are like. Um, and then go to the party and just experience it in a kind of voyeur 
voyeuristic kind of way. Um, yeah. Knowing that at any point you're not comfortable, you can just walk out the door. You don't have to. I know that, you know, often people have that assumption that you you have to, in the minute you turn up, you've got to get naked, which a lot of other, you know, there's a lot of sort of sex party setups out there that have that. And they expect yeah. everyone. That's what it's all about. Everyone that goes has to get naked and has to. And ours, are, you know, kittens has never been like that from day one. Just and at your own people, pace. Exactly. A lot of people come along and they don't get naked and don't take their clothes off. And they just, they love the party atmosphere and they, and they love the people. That's the thing. It's sort of. Just the open-mindedness and the deliberations. Yeah. Really good friends who have been sort of members that, you know, when I've gone along and popped in to a party, if I'm out and about in town, then you just get chatting to people and, um and they're just great really great open-minded just you know sort of inspirational aspirational kind of hedonistic people who are sort of the ones that just want to try everything and experience everything and they're the go-getters in life you know life's optimists that life's there you live the thrill, the thrill seekers. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah okay um and anyone that's got any questions throughout this live um there's a little question box at the bottom uh, towards the end of the live, we are going to spend some time answering them for you. So, um, you know, I've got loads of questions that I want to ask Emma anyway, um, but do contribute if you if, if you wish to. Um, okay, so what I want to talk about now is a bit about the business side of things. Um, you know, to my understanding, you know, this was a venture that um, you, know, you started on on yourself with yourself, right? And yeah. so, and then, you know, we know about Hadley coming in. Uh, as, as a as a co-founder at what point did you realize uh or did you feel that it was the right thing to do to bring someone else in as a co-founder i think i think the, the word co-founder is probably not because you found a business you found yeah. you you so i founded it and then it's bringing in so it was when i realized this is five years ago that the the online side of the business was making more money than the offline, but there were four of us in the team and we were all very much offline people. So yep. we had this kind of beast. We'd created a beast that no one was running and no one had a clue what, you know, how to right. monetize it or, you know, who had any digital tech, you know, know how whatsoever. And I also knew that it was sort of go big or go home because it was sort of just as Trump came in and then, me too movement literally happened about yeah. a month couple of months after i realized what our figures were um and it was a case of this is going to require investment this is going to require you know a, a whole tech team digital team um and i knew basically i thought I, I i'd got to the end of my skill set if that makes yeah. sense um, so i've taken it this far and there's still and I still got all that to do and the the creatives and the new the, the new idea side of it um and the out and about you know kind of side of it and that's what I love doing um but if this was going to fly then I needed the yin to my yang on the tech online digital side um to work together and I, ne I needed a partner um to get that bit to get that bit going and I spoke to loads of people and I spoke to loads of sort of different investment setups um and um yeah got chatting to to Hadley and he and we had our first conversation was sort of an hour and a half on the phone and before I'd met him and instantly he got it and he was saying as he was talking as if he was saying my brain out loud 
if that makes sense, of where I saw the business going, what it meant, what the mission was, Amazing. and the whole ethos behind it, which, you know, no offense, but from a male brain, it actually is very easy just to go sex is sex. And, you yeah. know, and a lot of conversations I've been having with, with men in that business investment world, it was like they didn't get it. They didn't get the intricacies of it and what it stood for and the purpose of it. They just thought, well, it's just a sex setup. Um, and and had he got it and he got the much bigger picture right. and aim and you know where it was going and and we just clicked from minute one and we were like an old married couple from minute one and we you know go to bed hating each other love you know wake up loving each other and they that's kind good because you understand the, the the bigger picture yeah. together and he and that's the thing and he is and he is this amazing tech strategy guru <laughs> um, how, how, did, um, how, how did you come across him how did, how did that do you know it was right? It was on LinkedIn actually. Um, really? Wow. And he messaged, um, just saying, "Keep hearing about killing kittens," and just wanted to say, you know, congratulations on the brand, and um, don't know what you're doing with it, and all plans are and stuff. And I just didn't even look. I just responded, going thanks, and just in this whole tech black hole of trying to figure out the digital tech side of the business and. And I just got this, we need to talk, <laughs> message back. And then I looked up his background and who he was. And I thought, well, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, was there any, was there any yeah. psychological hurdles you had to go over? I mean, obviously, you kind of grew this baby it, to what it is. You're kind of, because it's 15 years, and this was, this was what, four years ago? Um, three yeah. years ago. Um, it's my, it was my baby. It was, yeah. that's the thing. You kind of, and it was, as I said, it was coming into teenage years. It's sort of very much was at that point, it was turning into a teenager. Good way to put I'm it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and unpredictable and just all over the place. And, you know, that's, and that's what it was. And it is, it's, it's difficult when it's been your thing and just you to let go and let, and, and trust other people and trust someone else to it's not you know I trust other people and the team and the people we have you know involved but I was very much still overseeing it and overseeing so I knew what they were doing the whole time but to then to trust someone to do it and you just have no I, I have no idea most of the time what is going on with the new tech build and the platform and and we check in you know once a week I go what's going on he tells me and but I just completely trust them and trust them that's good to get on with it and the relief when you do that Often, obviously, you can get shafted, <laughs> but um, I think I'm big enough and old enough and I've been burnt enough times <laughs> down the road of various different tech people and stuff to um, know. And it is, but it's the same with, you know, it's the same when you have babies, you know. I've got three of the fuckers. Sorry, excuse my phone. It's right with my yeah. mom. <laughs> and it's that letting other people look after them that you, and you completely. So that's a good analogy. It's, that's a great analogy there's that initial ah my god they're gonna murder them and you bury them in a ditch type thing um yeah. and then when you've done it a few times it's it's kind of the relief and go oh look i've got all this free time <laughs> so, um, so that's something i wanted to kind of segue into i mean that was going to be a later question that i was going to ask but um we'll jump into it right now uh any tips for people that you know are, gro are thinking about maybe they're using it as an excuse as to why they can't start a business um, that you know they've got children and the children take up all their time um, I mean yeah you, you've had three children you know and you've <laughs> grown this business into an absolute animal uh, is there anything you can share with people that might be in that position or thinking about that as the next chapter of their life um, 
I think the only that you you know people say you can have it all. I my thing is you can you can only have it all with good teams in place in all the areas of your life. You can't have it all if you're trying to control everything, do everything yourself. That's the thing. If you're, um, you know, you can. And I have young girlfriends, and they're like, oh, I haven't had time in it because they've got kids, and you know, I can't. But they take it, and I'm like, you can, you can choose. It's your choice. What you spend. Word. You do not yeah. have to spend all your time on your children with your children. You can get a balance, and but you need to have. You do need to have that sort of team in place, and I know you know some people don't on that on the childcare front, or they can't afford childcare, or they don't have you know, mums nearby or friends nearby or they don't have, you know, partners that, you know, are supportive and it's teamwork. That's the thing. Me and, you know, my hobby is very much we're a team and we're joint partners and he's changed and as many nappies as I have and fed, you know, bottle fed. Because James fed. also runs his own business as well, right? Um, um, yeah, well, he's out of that. He's out of that now. Oh. He was a bit, yeah, uh, yeah, he kind of fell out a bit. So he... Okay. Um, he um but he was um yeah. and now he's he's getting back into yeah other other bits and pieces but okay. but that's the thing it's that you but again as a as a female it's very easy to kind of basically make put it on yourself and you do everything and you do the housework and you do the cooking and you do and it's easy to do that but I say I say to girlfriends you that's your choice you know what I mean? Don't start whinging about your husband if you haven't actually turned around and gone, oi, you know what I mean? This is it. <laughs> and you've, you've got to do it. You've got to sort of set that up at the beginning. Um, yeah. And it's it's the only way. And so I've got... Well, it, it, it circles back round to that hmm. you know, the advice that we spoke about earlier about communication. You know, whether you're, vent- you know, whether you're venturing into an unknown situation, it involves communication. Um, whether you you want your partner to understand your need, wants, needs, desires, you know, it, it involves communication. Even from the housework, it's communication. Yeah. Everything and and asking. That's the thing. You can't you can't be resentful. You can't be bitter, or you you know, and you can't go, oh, this isn't happening. If you haven't actually asked for anything, and that absolutely whether it whether that's your sex and relationship life, whether that's that's in business, you know, whether that's ch- children, unless you actually ask. It's like you, you, you've got to ask people to look after your children. You know, they're not going to offer to. You've got to ask people at work to do work. And can yeah. they do this? They're not, you know, a lot of the time, it's like until you ask assume. them to do that. Exactly. Yeah. And you, your partner's not going to assume and, you know, know and read, read your brain. Um, I think, I think that's a big, like a really huge relationship tip there. It really <laughs> is. Like, because... It, in in the working world, like we said, if 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 you assume someone knows what the next task is, they're probably gonna fuck it up. Yeah. You know? But that thing, right. assumption is the mother of all fuck ups. It really is. Yeah. So um that and managing expectations. You've got to not expect you can't expect everyone around you to behave and think in the same way, in the same way you do, and then get really disappointed when they're not acting like you act or yeah, yeah, it just doesn't yes. um so yeah, in that so level that, of communication, people. Yeah, so I just say you can do it. Everyone, mm-hmm. you know, everyone out there and with kids can can do your own business. You can, you know, come up with ideas. You can, but you've got to you've basically got to ask your partner to give you some space. You know, to get involved with the kids. You've got to, you know, ask anyone around you on the childcare front. You, you, it's it's your choice, and it's it's only you can do it. That's the right. thing. 
Next, next thing I want to kind of jump into is, you know, as we mentioned, you got 160,000 people in your community, right? Um, what's, what's the foundation to growing a loyal community? Um, just complete advocacy. It's sort of, you, you can't, again, you can't assume or expect people to join mm -hmm. and to stay yes. part of it. You have to invest time and effort and energy. And it's the same, you know, it's the same, it's that relationship thing. It's sort of, you, they believe in you and it's the same with your relationship. And it's, it's sort of, you have to, you, you've got to, you can't just demand respect and you can't demand loyalty. It's your actions and you've got to put the effort in and the energy in. And from, you know, and from minute one of KK, it's very much been about the members and it's very much been about the women and it's sort of wanting to protect them and wanting to look after them. And that's, that's been at the heart of KK. It's not, the commercial side's never been at the heart. The money, you know, I'm not a money person. If I was running this business on my own, I probably would have run it into the ground by now. Um, so that's why I'm good. Right? Someone else came on board like four years ago. Um, because my thing is, you know, it's always been you look after every individual member and that's especially the women. And that's that's what it's about. And you make that effort and you constantly are asking if they're okay. And, you know, everything we've done, every new build, every every bit of platform, every event has come from listening to members and asking them what they want and asking for feedback um yeah and that's and then you get the you get the community because they they know they're loyal they're like a tribe and they know we've got their backs and we know it's about them and um and it's not just a numbers game um and they're not just sort of a statistic um and yeah, yeah. then you know it would be great to have a million members and obviously it would be great to make millions <laughs> but that's not that's never been my drive um so it's sort of again that's why you know me and Hadley he's our CEO I'm the CEO he's the CEO work very well together because you've got a yin and yang of someone actually on the commercials and yeah. and then me he's you know, I can get like very passionate and, and, yeah yeah I can get very passionate and go no <laughs> then, you know it's kind <laughs> of an you meet in the middle of it sometimes but actually you don't lose track of what it's all about and what it stands for um and, and that's yeah, that's that's the community side of it. What do you think? What do you think the challenges are women face in business in this day and age? <laughs> Loads still. Um, it to be honest, it's still you've still got a lot of systems and a lot of and the way business is operated is still a very patriarchal system. It you and it just little things you don't realize you know are happening and still you know for example. You know, we launched Sister last year, sort of this platform for women helping women yes. out in, in business. Um, and to start with, it was very much mentors. You know, it's a mentoring platform. You've got mentors and mentees. And, you know, I said, and we were beginning, we were going to film stuff. And I said, just it, just that is so patriarchal. It's so, you have a mentor and you have a mentee. And that might work in quite a black and white way for men on that front. But, you know, we work in like, well, 50 shades of gray and there is thousand shades of, of gray and every day is different. Um, yeah. And it kind of, and actually I wouldn't go and we don't rate ourselves the same way men do, if that makes sense. We, the imposter kind of in us and oh, we couldn't possibly be seen as a mentor. And if someone said to me, oh, you know, you're a mentor, I'd go, ooh, I was, you know, I know I'm, it's, I'm a, it's, I'm a bit of a dick in my head. Whereas, it's more, of the, it's more of the label. 
that you, you, you cringe on? Yeah. yeah, kind of. So we were like, well, if we're asking women to choose whether they're a mentor or a mentee, actually you're going to get a lot of mentees because having that confidence to go, I'm good enough to be a mentor, it's yeah. not really a natural female thing to put our hands in the air and say, I know my shit, I can help. <laughs> in the same way, you know, men, it's much more of a masculine um so there's just loads on the business front you know there's loads and loads of of things and the way it operates that there's a very kind of black and white way of working and not and rigid and women are much more flexible and we're much you know which is why the whole multitasking kind of side of things so mm-hmm. um and we're not and and a lot of it is us being our own worst enemies really and, you know, in a boardroom, not being having that confidence to put our hand up and say, no, I don't agree with that. And I think this again, that assertiveness isn't really a naturally female or well, some of us are. <laughs> but, um, but it's not a, a you know, it's, it's trickier on that front. Um, and actually that whole, you know, you had the whole leaning in. But actually, I think, you know, men need to lean out a bit as well. Yeah. To be more aware of that of females and bringing bringing them in if that makes mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. and just being it's very yeah. easy to sit there in the ballroom if you're the boss to say what do you think what do yeah. you think rather yeah. than this is what and then letting and just listening to other guys who are just sort of kind of trying to get a word in and you kind yeah. of involve everyone and then you have that kind of cognitive diversity involved of loads of different ideas and mindsets and um to me, that's the diversity is that cognitive diversity. I think that's way more important um, because then you just get loads of different backgrounds and ideas and um, rather than seeing it specifically as race and gender, um, I think, yeah, businesses are sort of, yeah, you need that kind of. Really I like that. Specific- I, I, think, I think it's a really like sort of a great perspective and, and really something to be more aware of when you're in the company of women in, in the world of business. Um, you know, I don't think we'll ever achieve equality, but I think, you know, we'll move closer to that space. And I think, you know, you're, you're one of the, the women that, that I, I know that is, I would say, leading the forefront of that, you know, in all of the work you're doing, you know, it's very sort of empowering, empowering for women, um, you know, from the fundraising, from, you know, the, the parties, um, you know, from the app sister. Um, so I really take my hat off for you for, for kind of leading this forefront. Something that I, I kind of, you know, was, wasn't in my list of questions, but it really sort of comes to mind now is, you know, I've dated um, women and I've had female clients that have achieved great things in business, you know, and they've, they've been in the world where um, the environment has been very sort of masculine and that's toughened them up, toughened their character up. And when I'm advising the women when I'm working with them, you know, um, I think a lot of them are then caught up in the habit of still being quite masculine yeah. towards their partner at home. And I think that is maybe a very sort of overlooked subject. And I think, um, have you got any advice for women that are, you know, want to go down this path of, of, you know, going after their career and, you know, and, and, and striving for that, that higher level of success? but still sort of be in touch with their femininity within their relationship? I think it's, it is tricky because, I mean, I know it's tricky if I've been in, like, fighting mode work-wise to come yeah. back. And, um, 
but again it's that it's that awareness um it's the it that self-awareness that you develop that and you know the awareness and also you've got to and I say it to girl, some girlfriends because some of them can be real sort of battle axes and they're they're very kind of I don't need your help and I don't need this and and I say you've got to you know what a big male thing is that is to be needed you know it's kind of yeah. it's, a, it's a big part of the male is to be needed and wanted yeah. and even though you know like my hubby would probably if he sat in now you know him he's going to go fully aware that I don't need him but uh, yeah. he knows that but it's I want him and, you know, and, and I will stand back sometimes and let him, you know, even though I know I can bulldoze straight through and do it all and stuff, it's, you've got to have that awareness to kind of go, well, let, you know, to sort of stand back a bit and just bring the femininity out and just let a man be a man. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, yes. and look after you. Um, and I'm not talking about looking after you in a financial, I'm just talking about just in a care yeah, and a love. Kind of being in the yin and yang. Um, yeah. Of like, can you open the wine bottle for me? <laughs> yeah, it is as simple as so stuff like that. It really is. That you just yeah. flick the switch of sort of you need him, and yeah, you're the female, and it and it's and it's it's little things that, and having and just you know, and also making time for each other and having the date nights. It's like, yes. you know, I'm old school romantic, and I get furious with James and my son. You know, I'm like, just date nights. Not much to ask, <laughs> kind of, because you have it, and the femininity comes out. Yes. Probably going to get sex. (laughs) (laughs) And you're in battle axe mode still and knackered mum, then the chances are pretty slim. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think think that's a really great answer, Emma. And I think, um, you know, that can resonate with a lot of people. Uh, I don't think it should be, I think you should be able to have both. Yeah. You know, go after your career and and still be in touch with your femininity. And you're right, it is. It's an awareness. You know, awareness that, you know, a man wants to be needed. He wants to be wanted. And it's the simple things like, can you take my bag for me? Can you open up this wine? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we want to be respected. We want to be respected. And we want to be told we look hot. Yes, <laughs> yes, know? yes. You need that balance of you're respecting my brain, but yeah. you're wanting to rip my clothes off. If, you know, if I Dave, I know he's on both, doing both of them to me, then I, it's going to be a short thing. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How, how many events are you pulling off a year now? Um, Combined with you know the 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 naughty ones and and the the education ones. Um. Oh, probably probably about twenty a month. Wow. I would say yeah, probably about twenty a month. If you look at all the different like talks and workshops, um, and the different full on KK and, ones. And, and that scaled up from from how many were you originally doing when you first sort of started? Like a month. One. One. Month, one a month to two a month. We did we did one a month and that was for about seven six seven years um and then we kind of in london launched sort of kk cabaret nights um and yeah so they were the cabaret and them and they would sort of every month kind of thing um and then the curious kittens ones sort of the socials um we're now not we don't call them curious anymore that's all under kk but it's more kk socials um and the educational side of it so they kind of fall um so we have the socials and then we have the yeah the educational side which is sort of the sanctuary um sanctuary retreat kind of weekends um through to yeah bdsm um workshops or like the dating talks you do kind of a complete yeah complete yeah. so i mean for anyone that's maybe watching or listening that uh perhaps is in you know the events industry really what what infrastructure did, did you guys put in place to go from one event a month to pulling off 20 a month 
what, what do you know you what it was it was as i said it's been 15 years it's you can't yeah. people i think people especially in the world at the moment and because you can get anything so quickly on a plate and reality TV and instant fame, instant fortune. And people, the, you know, the younger generation, I know they expect that and they get really frustrated if, you know, if they're not instantly famous or instantly making loads of money and it's sort of, it's a slow burn. And it was very much once a month, slowly, 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 just building up, building up. Um, and it was demand, and that's the thing. And it was a numbers game. So we moved venues after a year because it, we were then on to about 150 people once a month. I mean, we moved to Portland Place um, and ended up about 300, 400 once a month, which was too busy as far as I was concerned. So it's kind of well, if we're getting 400 plus people wanting to come to an event once a month, then we can get, you know, we can split it and do, you know, and get 100 into KK Cabaret night. Um, and definitely, I'm wanting the experiences. So, Cabaret, you have the dinner and the show, and and it's that's what it's yeah. about. And then if you want to get naked, you can at the end in a side bit. But it's sort of not. Again, it it caters very much. naked folk in the side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, all our events about the experience, the experience and the community, yeah. and mm-hmm. the sex bit is kind of a byproduct um, of all that. So yeah. it's kind of keeping our eyes on on that part. Um, rather than kind of throwing loads and loads and loads of events out there just to get the numbers of events up. It's sort of, you just have to go with demand and then you launch in a new city when you can see a hub in that city and you've got the numbers there um, to go, well, actually, we've got a community growing there so we can now scale it up and go, you know, start off once every three months and then once every two months and then once a month, which is kind of what we've done with New York um, and Manchester as well. They're the two kind of, cities in the last couple of years that we've just sort of slowly going more and more and more with so what, what was um yeah when you ventured into a new um area what was like the testing sort of thing to do to to, to see if you wanted to invest any more time there new city yes um it was well a you kind of have to have someone on the ground who sort of knows the, the bane of our existence is venues so yeah. It's finding venues that know what we're doing and let us use them. Um, yeah. And so, A, you look at a city and you look at how many online members you've got in an area and you'll notice there's an area that, you know, has loads of members. But so you go, right, can I, if you've got sort of a thousand plus members in one in one area. So you're just reverse actually, engineering the data. Yeah, basically. exactly. Yeah, yeah. The data and go, well, actually, we've got that and let's get find someone on the ground so like a community kitten in that city who can sort of get the chat going the chat groups going and get sort of maybe a couple of socials up so just members meeting for drinks um and then so you have yeah you have that and then you kind of sort out the venue side of it and because as again as i said the very first party had some 45 people um 48 people there so you don't need to launch a party in a city um you kind of we won't really do it if we if we know we're not going to get we're going to get less than about 80 people um sure. because actually you've got to look at the staff costs and that that kind of side of things whether it's sort of what it's kind of similar to how like dating apps launch they'll launch in a city and get the critical mass in that city and then they'll look at um they'll focus on another city um yeah. with their digital marketing and with their people on the ground in that city to get that critical mass up and create that community in that city to then and then they'll know from kind of the rate of new users joining up in that city 
whether whether it's working or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, because if you're spending more to acquire a new member, <laughs> then um, then it's pointless. Yeah. So then, yeah. But whereas if you're not spending that much and you're getting new members in, then you know that actually that that city will work. So yeah, it's kind of a what, what was um, why why was the rebrand important to you and and you know was was the time of that um part of strategy or you know, what... yeah i mean that was part of that you know when i said i let you know it was sort of me too movement happen and yes. I realized it was and just realized that actually you know we'd been going at that point 11 years so over a decade and had this trust and had this community and what it stood for and it was a case of and a lot of people you know were saying it's sort of You've got the Me Too movement going on, but you guys have been doing it for a decade. Um, yeah. And, um, of owning your sexuality and reclaiming it, and you know, and we had a, we have a lot of members, female members that that join up who have track records of abusive relationships or raped or you know religious upbringing. So, and they join to have that freedom. So it was it was a case of well, this is happening, um, and either we can do it having got that track record and a decade of seeing it in action and got and, and having the membership or some Silicon Valley upstart with, you know, 50 million in the bank can fly over the top of us and build some platform claiming to be, you know, all about female sexual empowerment. Um, and, you know, that they own that space. And it's sort of, well, if we want to own that space, um, we've got to kind of come out of it being really kind of sex. Just yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and parties, and you know, mass parties, and it's sort of and actually bring up, as I said, there was this kind of big sort of iceberg with it, you know, only the tip above the water, and the iceberg was always there, and it was kind of time to look. We need the whole iceberg to rise up. Mm-hmm. Um, One second, we just got yeah. under two minutes on this. You you happy to go live again just to continue? Yeah, this? yeah cool. All right, um, so we need to bring the iceberg up and let it and let everyone and anyone want to join and feel like they could join and that yeah. it wasn't this kind of dingy so sort of all about sex um set up um and mm-hmm. to do that we needed a kind of very clean a clean kind of interface and and out of the dark <laughs> kind of colors and the masks yeah. and um so that actually you see it and you kind of feel empowered by it and any female looking at it even if they're not into the full-on killing kittens parties will look at it and go that's you know i want to be part of that um it's more and, friendly uh, i think the the, the, the rebrand yeah. was a lot more friendlier and it was a bit more softer and it kind of yeah i, I noticed the timing of it was was bang on if you're looking to develop this area of your life head on over to my website johnnycassell.com and start your journey today with the whole sort of me too movement uh, and campaign um what are your thoughts on it? I mean obviously it was a fantastic awareness campaign got us talking to, uh, about a lot of things um for you do you feel like it it's it it got too blown out of proportion um do you know I don't think it I don't think it got blown out of proportion because you need to make the noise that noise was needed to be made in order to in order to make a difference and create a movement and for change to happen you need a big noise. You can't just kind of, you know, do a silent fart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it needs to be a massive. I think. I think a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon. Um, and there's obviously with everything, every good thing that gets launched, every good movement, every there's gonna there are you get the 
fringes, the margins of it, of these things where bad shit happens. Um, and, you know, and negatives that happen. You have to, every, there's nothing perfect. There's yeah. no perfect system in this world um, or perfect movement. Um, and, uh, but I think as a whole, if you look at it as a whole, it has caused a massive shift. It's made a hell of a lot of change happening to happen. And it's not just in the female sexuality world. It's across the female business world. It's across everything. You know, it, it has, it's made change and it's making changes. There's a hell of a long way to go. Um, but, you do, you know, there were people and are people who jump on the bandwagon. Um, I think what is sad, there is that element now of of men not recruiting, even women um, not wanting to recruit kind of good-looking girls because they don't want, you know, it to cause an issue. And they've done massive surveys and stuff, and men are less likely to want to take a female colleague on a road trip work road trip for fear of being accused of something so that and then so there is you know there is there's negatives and backlash um involved but i think as a whole it's a it's it's a good thing it's yeah was needed so as a whole yeah it's definitely been it's it's the same it's the same thing whenever i'm questioned on the subject you know i i think it's a fantastic campaign It, it was needed and um you know, yeah, there's been various byproducts that have come from it. You know, in the world that I work with, when I'm helping men, what I found is that, you know, there's more apprehension on should mm-hmm. I speak to that girl? You know, is it going to be classed as harassment? Yeah, exactly. And all this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, so we got more men that came out of that being a little bit more confused as to what is right and what is wrong. But that's, but to be honest, I think I always say I feel very sorry for men and women. Some women would like beat me up for saying that, and they do. Um, yeah. Um, and I'm like, well, how can you not feel sorry for them in that they literally haven't got a clue what yeah. is right and wrong. And the thing is, it's partly because actually there's no one set rule for the way women operate and the way we think, um, because there's an entire spectrum of women out there. And there's an entire spectrum of feminists. And there's a certain type of feminist that I can't freaking stand. Um, and, you know, you have their man bashing ones and the ones that you know are that women can't be strippers and they can't be podium dancers and they can't you know be be well formula one girls and pit girls yeah. and yeah. girls and, and that is those women i literally want to punch in the face if i'm going to yeah. be honest um, and, and, it's, and it's yeah. you're absolutely right i mean like there are there are different types of feminists and you know it, there are definitely those extreme ones and what i find is that a lot of the extreme ones yeah they're a small percentage but because they've got access to publication platforms they're then allowed a, you know they, they've got this louder voice and then men think well all of the feminists think like that yeah right that's the thing it's, yeah. it's tricky for men because you get one reaction off one female and you think you know who's going i'm a feminist and you think oh shit that's how we're meant to be behaving and that's you know we're going to offend if we behave like that we're going to offend every woman and actually you know it's not there's actually a very small percentage that are those hardcore feminists who get offended by a man opening their door um you know it's stuff like that it's so you know chivalry as far as i'm concerned is not dead um and yeah it's sort of just a quality that you want and as a for me it's more selfish the whole feminism is that is that if it gives me the choices and that independence to make my decisions and my choice and in what i do and work-wise and who i go and you know spend time with or 
go out for drinks with and go on holiday and stuff. If I've yeah. got those choices and that freedom, then to me, that's that's equality. It, yeah, it it's is. not telling other women what they can wear and what they can do as jobs. That's got nothing to do with being feminist. Yeah. And I think as well, like the ironic thing is, um, you know, it's ruining the women that are looking for romance, you know, to, to find romance on a daily basis, whether they're, you know, not in this time right now, but say you were walking down the street or you're in the park and you had that bit of eye contact and a conversation was struck up and then that leads to something beautiful. You know, if you're confusing men so much that you can't do that and offer someone that experience, then you're messing fi things up for the women that actually want to experience that. Yeah, because actually, to be honest, most women want that and most of the... Yeah. And, my, and actually, most of the hardcore women out there, and you know, the really independent, the really independent, successful women out there, actually do want romance. <laughs> you know what I mean? They do want to be treated like a woman. They want to be able to be feminine. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something funny. I, I had a client of mine yeah. that was that was dating, um, <laughs> the editor of a very big female magazine, a cosmopolitan, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They went on the date and, you know, the Guardian had, had like really threw me under the bus. Basically, they, they, they wanted a saying that I was doing, like teaching people how to harass women, or this, which was complete falsities. You know that. And um, he was sat down there with, with this editor of Cosmopolitan magazine. And she goes, I would love to do a counterpiece on that because that is not the truth. That is a small percentage mm -hmm. of uh, feminists that have that view. But I know, you know, as a, as a woman that's, you know, in a position that I'm in, that women do want that. Women yeah. do want that romantic experience. So we do, I, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's very powerful that you kind of back that point up as well, you know, um, because it's important to hear it from a woman, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing. And you just think this whole being equal and me too and, and yeah, wanting equality actually means that you don't want those things that actually are intrinsically sort of, girls like romance and we like to be dated and romanced and you know kind yeah. of they're an element of being looked after it's a natural it's the animals you look at the animal kingdom and you know the female males you know animals out there and how they operate and you can't no amount of sort of me too movement and tech and you know digital world is is ever going to change the natural biological impulses and brain in us it just really isn't yeah so, that's right you know, yeah. you can't override any of those things. Yeah, you've got the societal sort of progressive movement yeah. and then you've got the biological, you know, what your body responds to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this, this has been a great uh, episode, Emma. Uh, I'm really happy with the content that's come out of this. Um, I feel like I've got to know you a lot better, actually, through, through <laughs> doing this as well. Because, yeah, we see each other through doing the events, but we never really get that much time to talk to each other because everything's sort of go, go, go. Um, so that's great. Uh, I'm going to open it up to maybe the 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 people that have jumped on now, is there any questions that you have for Emma or myself or about anything that we've kind of discussed where it's, um, you know, the sex parties, female empowerment, um, might be a, might be a question about me too. It might be about a question about balancing family life with business. Um, it might be a business question. Uh, do throw it on the feed cause I'll keep it on for a little bit longer. Yeah wine wine and cbd oil is is how you balance it <laughs> <laughs> especially in lockdown <laughs> yeah oh what we got there um 
what if it, what have you um have you took up anything like new in this in this kind of uh this pandemic there are you, I'm, have you I'm, done I'm, I'm trying to breathe johnny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, have, I have a one-year-old a three-year-old and a five-year-old two dogs yeah 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 <laughs> and busy business no do you know my my only thing it's just simple it's so yeah. simple like the simple goals is i used to be a massive reader i used to read like two three books in a week and the yeah. last like four years of having kids and stuff and work and business being so manic i've barely you know i'm lucky to read one book in like six months so Mm -hmm. i basically said to my hubby yesterday i was like right i'm trying to read one book a week is kind of yeah just grabbing pages here and there and yeah Yeah. what what are you reading at the moment is i miss reading stress i really miss reading what are you reading at the moment moment, actually um it's kind of it's a business one um it's called rebel ideas Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what's his name? Syed, who um, he's written lots of business books, but it's, yeah, it's really interesting. Okay, it's all about yeah diversity and yeah of ideas and thoughts and things. So. Okay, I asked I asked this to um, you know everyone that's kind of come on who have been doing this for a couple of weeks now. You know, if you had to throw fr- 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 a dinner party, something I'm sure you'd do very well. <laughs> the entertainment <laughs> would be on point. <laughs> Who would you have around the table? Who would be your guests? Um, you know, they can be either past or present. Um, well, Dolly Parton, anyone that knows me knows that she's my absolute hero. She's okay. the only person if I met in real life, I would just blub. Yeah. Um, Margaret Thatcher. Okay. Just, I just, yeah, just that. Um, Margaret Thatcher. Um, I'd actually want Hitler. I know that it might be a little bit controversial. <laughs> I just find it fascinating how someone who looks like him yeah. was able to do what he did. If that yeah, yeah. Well, he, he was a, an amazing communicator. As a purely that marketing kind of how if you take all emotion and what, but how we manage, you know, and what, what I want to know what that energy was and that, that, in face to face, the Mahia yeah. Howard to convince um um and Mandela. I do I just think you're unbelievable. Again, yeah. I like energy. I like people's energy and and I love very being a very successful and when you're actually with them face to face, you can get you can get the energies of people that are successful who have achieved things and sort of learn a lot just by watching how they operate. Their demeanor. Yeah. Um, and their demeanor, exactly. So sort of yeah you've just triggered was is there any more people you have around the table i think to be honest that that would be right yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay and and uh another one that's just triggered i forgot to ask you this but in your book uh behind the mask which was a great read i i I remember messaging you when i when i finished reading that (laughs) there's a there's a part in that book where a guy was requesting you to kidnap him bundle him in the back of a van yeah and um y- you know drop him off at some hotel where i don't know there was a worker that was i think she might have actually been dressed up as dolly Parton. funny enough or, no she was um uh catherine jenkins catherine jenkins <laughs> and, and then you know went into some bdsm role play or sort of I mean, yeah that is crazy like that's a crazy i mean how can we just jump into that a little bit? I mean, how did that come about? For those that haven't read the book, um, like, 
we'd had when I launched Killing Kittens, I also launched a business called French Letter Days. Um, right. That was nice. At the time, I called it a bit of an adult gym or fix it, which right now is totally inappropriate. But <laughs> before, before it all came out about it, kind of, it kind of, but you get, you got the point of it was sort of an adult, you fix people up, people's fantasies and um, yeah. to yeah. So, and someone wrote saying they wanted to be kidnapped. Um, they wanted to be kidnapped um, from in Kensington Park um, by Batman. Um, <laughs> tied up in a hotel and rescued by uh, Catherine Jenkins, Supergirl lookalike. Um, that was the quest of like, can't let the man down. Um, so, um, and at the time, it was you know it was a year into KK. It was 15 years ago. It was a shoestring budget. Yeah. Um, so I had a couple of active friends and a couple of Afghan, real Afrikaans guys, um, and so they were in the back of the van waiting i was the driver and then two friends of mine dressed up as batman and robin and it was broad daylight and in russia at five o'clock and we were parked the notting hillside of whatever that queensway or whatever they're they're on the main road and i just remember watching as batman and robin pegged it through the park gate with a man bundled up in a sheet between them and pegged it across the road with dry cars and park drives barely even acknowledging them as they came down the road and threw the guy in the back of the van. And then I could hear the Afrikaans guys in the back speaking Afrikaans in deep voices and scaring him up a bit. And then, um, and yeah, they took, went and tied him up in a hotel and um, he got rescued. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Bring back French letter days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, that that was the wildest one, right? I mean, what were the other ones that you you kind of got? There were, to be honest, there were a few. There were a few like that. A lot of kind of people or couples wanted one part of their their other half to get tied out. It's a lot of that kind of rescuing knight in shining armor um, mm, type because um, the adrenaline and the and the being blindfolded and you know the husband rescues them and you know it's going to be amazing sex. This <laughs> sort of. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so those ones, um, there were quite a few of, of those kind of, yeah, those ones. But they were, it didn't, we kind of, I then focused all on KK because it was a lot of work for not really much money. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it and also, to be a bit fun. we were on borderline on the legals. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Just kidnapping yeah. someone in broad daylight is amazing. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, getting their wife's permission to kidnap them. <laughs> I got a question uh, in the box. Let's have a look at it. Uh, Was it still at romance like eating? So women still like romance like eating. They like all flavors, sweet, sour. And if you're looking for, I I can't even finish that question. If you're looking for spice, you can go to KK. Okay, that's not really a question, but yeah. It's a statement. Yeah, yeah, it's a (laughs) statement. (laughs) Great. Um, All right, cool. I'm going to have to shoot to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna wrap it up. All right. Well, listen, Emma. Thank you for coming on. I mean, that, that was there's a lot of juice in there. I really enjoyed the topics we spoke about. Um, it was fantastic. So um, thanks for having me on. Yeah. No, it's been great. And yeah, I'll, we'll we'll connect after all this is over and um, you know get back Have a good all night. Things. Cool. Yeah. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. So I hope you enjoyed that. Um, Wow, I'm really happy of the direction things went in, in the end. You know, we moved, we talked about, you know, KK, what it is, you know, the brand of Killing Kittens, the ethos, um, you know, how it's always been a female-led company um, 
by empowering women, make them make them feel liberal, you know, emancipating female sexuality, which I think is a beautiful thing, and something that we all should help the women in our lives do and going on a journey to fulfill. Okay, so we talked about sexuality, we talked about the Me Too campaign, we talked about feminism, right? We talked about the movement of feminism, we talked about what women want, right? I mean, you heard it from the horse's mouth right there. I would say Emma is an individual that has, you know, led the forefront of female empowerment. And you've heard it right there. She's said that women want to be romanced. Okay. Chivalry is not dead. So let's let there be no confusion. Despite the big progressive movement of feminism and the Me Too campaign, women still want to be treated like a lady. Okay. There's some great tips on, you know, if you're building a business and how to manage family life as well, how to treat your man at home, right? Um, so many things, so many things. There's a lot of value in that. So guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, stay tuned for next Tuesday because next Tuesday now I'm having a guest on every week. Keep an eye on the stories where I'll be giving off clues towards the end of the week who that next individual is. Guys, enjoy your evening. Have a good one. And I'll see you again. If you enjoyed the content, follow me on Instagram at London Dating Coach.